All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Can you see Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. At arm's You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Go check them out on all platforms, including Twitch, where they do weekly case breaks. You can go buy yourself a spot in those. Basically, what happens is you get a team randomly selected for you and you get all of the cards of that team that are selected. It's a pretty cool little thing, but you can use our promo code hockey season, capital H, capital S, all one word for $5 off your order. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. I'm already grinning, Chris, because you can get it from Sycamus to Shimanus. That's pretty good. That's not bad. I got a better one, though. Okay. One that rhymes. Okay. From Flin Flon to St. John. Oh, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. We are also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. You can use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, that 
for all first-time users will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. It does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place, who's really letting that get to his head lately, Chris Faber. Chris, how's it going on this Wednesday afternoon? The hell is that supposed to mean? Well, you've been you've been talking about it. You intro yourself as, yeah, my name's Chris. I'm the man who built the place, and I hate quads. I never say that I hate you. Yeah, well, not, not on air. Exactly, it's implied. It's implied. I'm doing good. <laughs> been uh, busy. Last night I had to watch the uh, I had to watch the Canucks game while I was working the Vancouver Giants game. So I'm doing the audio for the Giants game. Mm-hmm. It was strange to watch a Canucks game with no audio on. Because like you got to make it up in your own head. Plus, I got Dan O'Connor doing a great job as per usual. But I got Dan O'Connor calling the Vancouver Giants game while I'm watching the Canucks game. So I didn't really get to like pick up on all the, the little tidbits that Cheech and Shorty are normally throwing in there. But mm-hmm. felt like it's really like the first period was all pretty good for the Canucks. We'll get to that in a minute. I wanted to uh, wanted to talk a little pizza right off the top though. Is that uh, is that good with you? What do you think? Of course, it's good with me. I know it's good with you. So I was out in Abbotsford. Chatting with Phil DiGiuseppe. Nice. That's how you say it, right? DiGiuseppe. Well, you you could throw the e on there. Okay. Well, I I like the I like just saying DiGiuseppe. Um. So we're out there talking with him, and I asked him about the memes and the people editing his face <laughs> onto the DiGiuseppe's Pizzeria. DiGiuseppe's Pizzeria, and he said, "Yeah, he's seen it. He's hoping for a sponsorship." He said, "If they pay him, he'll <laughs> eat a bunch of the pizzas too." But it got me thinking, like, I is there one like frozen pizza that kind of sticks out like better than the rest? Like, I've had Giuseppe pizza. It's okay. But I've had, uh, they're like the same as DiGiorno, right? They're like the same one or Delicio. So. Yeah, Dr. Ecker is the Are they all the same? Company. Is yeah. there even, like I was saying, is there any well, like Delicio's, frozen pizza that battles it? I don't think Delicio's Dr. Ecker, is it? All my no-no buys is Delicio. And that's, you know, in turn. Because there's have. one that I like, and it's, uh, I think it's called Mr. Mike's. And I think you get it at Costco. And it's like, the it comes in a big square one. And that mm. one's just pretty, pretty standard, like, doesn't taste like a frozen pizza like you maybe kind of like you know you get that taste in a frozen pizza that's just like a little off about like the crust and the cheese something about the cheese being like frozen on the pizza throws me off quite yeah. a bit have you ever had like authentic italian pizza like that actually homemade that comes in a square no i've had the closest i've probably had is the focaccia at, uh, at the spot yeah well that yeah that's a little different like I'm talking authentic, like actually made by a nonna, you know? No, I haven't. Okay. T- I haven't had that. That's going to, well, I'll work on that. Well, I was asking because I got, a, I got a couple Italians out there in Abbotsford the other day. I was asking Mikey about his uh, cooking because I remember him saying when, uh, you know, when he was over here last year that he missed his mom's cooking quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I asked him about that. And he's like, yeah, but my mom set me up with this Jamie Oliver five-step, five I got thing. that book from the too? library. Yeah, fantastic book. Oh, yeah, you've been taking out cooking books from the library to yeah. learn how, how to else cook, right? Gonna, me and Mikey are both two 21-year-old guys trying to learn how to cook. Well, he's 22. Trying to learn how to cook? Of course, you're going to take out cookbooks. But I thought it was just going to be like, you know, the Italian mother sending you over with like pages that are like hundreds of years old that have been passed down through the family. The and sacred it's just like, texts. This is how... This is all you eat. You eat this red sauce. Okay. This is how you make the pizza, all that stuff. I'm going to explain something to you. And any Italians out there listening to this, and you know, a lot of other nationalities as well will also probably be able to relate to this. Italians don't write stuff down. Like, they do not write stuff down. My mom, there was a running joke that no two meals that she made were ever the same because she Mm. never did things the same way. She was always changing it up. And never followed a recipe, never writes anything down. And it's not just my mom, like my, my grandma, my aunts, everything, all of them. None of them write anything down. Like they, they all know them by heart and they just pass it along like that. It's it, it, you can't even write it because it's like, yeah, so you put this much and then like they just know and mm. they're not going to measure it out. They're not using the, you know, no. 15 milligram, the little teaspoon. Italians don't write stuff down and they don't measure stuff either. I tell you what, I don't know when I can get it here soon, but your mom, if she can make me another one of those cheese balls again. Yeah, that I was, haven't brought that up in a while. That was really good. Yeah. Those, get one of like those going for us soon. And I couldn't believe this the other day, too. Speaking of cheese balls, this would be a good for a charcuterie board. And you were saying that you've never had charcuterie the other day when we were out uh yeah, no. You came uh you were a third wheel on a date that I was having with my girlfriend and we went and got some pasta and you said that you've never had charcuterie. Like a board you've never made a board of charcuterie before. No, I haven't. But you this is like right up your alley. Like you you eat like a child. You think that crackers and cheese 
plus your Italian, so like deli meats. Like this is literally charcuterie boards are right up your aisle. Well, I have I have individually eaten crackers, cheese, and prosciutto together today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do that all the time, but I don't put it on a board. Well, that's a mistake in my eyes. I think you gotta you gotta at least try to go out into public. Maybe not public, sorry. We go to a nice public place, even if it's just a park or anything with a view, enjoying some of the the crisp fall air that we have right now, and uh, bring out a little charcuterie board. I normally like to bring out a little bit of Five Alive. That's my go-to drink for it. Oh, I haven't had that in a long time. You know what? I just picked up a whole bunch on the old Flash Food app, and I think I've talked about the Flash Food app yes, before. Yes, yes. You haven't used it yet, have no, you? No, I haven't. No. So on the Flash Food app, yeah, you get stuff that uh, goes bad in like a few days. It's hit due date normally like two three days away you pick that up for like i picked up a couple i picked up three uh three of the little, you know pretty good sized jugs of uh i call it deli sank because that's what it is in french i, I, I think it I sounds used to better call it deli sank too that's what i call it i picked up three of those and they're gone now I had three of them in the last two days here wow yeah. i see so what i usually used to do and sorry used to i do this now i'll go to safeway and i'll just go in and see what they have because, you know, it's not the flash food app, but they will have stickers on stuff that say like $2 off, $1 off, enjoy tonight because it's going to go bad. Similar right. principle. I went in. I got like a nice big steak. Just went home, threw it on the George Foreman grill. I'll tell you what, go. man. I live my life off of 30% off food. Yeah. Well, I, it's great to get savings. And like air miles. Oh, man. There's no better feeling than saving money and like getting air miles. Yeah. I'm an optimum points guy now. That's what I'm into. I got the, nice. I spend a lot, you know, I shop at Superstore a lot. Yeah. I'm a uh, optimum. That's the yeah, optimum points. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't used them yet or anything. My mom is crazy into it. She goes, and she just like exposes superstore and shoppers with the optimal point. She gets in there for the 20 times events. She nice. buys like she'll go in there on a Sunday. Apparently, that's when they have like you get double I don't XP, know, something, <laughs> some sort of weekend XP thing they got going on there. And and she just crushes it. She'll come and she'll bring back like where are we dropping boys, like 40, 40 things of Tide and, and all this like grated cheese and stuff. She knows Amazing. what she's doing. She's, she's taught me a little. My mom is like not at the level like that show extreme uh, couponing 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 i used to call it couponing because that's how couponing, i found like the yeah. word yeah extreme coup couponing. couponing anyways she's not like to that level but i've learned quite a few tricks from her and i like yeah. i enjoy going to the grocery store me too i just like the experience of absolutely it. you know you what i a, don't like doing is going to costco and i have yeah. a costco membership that's like you know i strap on my bulletproof vest like put some grenades on my belt mm. like that's you have to prepare yourself to go into costco and i man i thought you know there was a Wednesday after morning skate. I had some time to kill before the game. I was like, you know, Wednesday, 11, uh, like 1130. Nope. Oh, come on. Who, who's that Costco? I was like, everybody's working. Not everybody's a hockey reporter and it's off right now. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just go right now. Bedlam inside the Costco. It was ridiculous. Like I could not believe how busy it was. And I just went in. I bought some napkins. Uh, this is my big adult move. Bought some napkins, uh, some toilet paper. Yep. Um, what else did I buy? I bought I bought a big pack of gum. You know how much I like my gum? Yep. I bought a 27 pack of Excel gum for like 15 bucks. Those individually are like a, a buck 50 a pop at the grocery store, right? So, man, I'm, I'm an adult. The thing about Costco is like, that's why they have the food court in Costco because it's it's a reward for what you just went through going yeah. through Costco yeah. and you try and go in there on a, you know, it's the same thing with me. I don't have like an actual Monday to Friday schedule, so I can go on like a Wednesday as well. Same with my girlfriend who just, she just switched. So she's working nine to five Monday to Friday now, but she just started that this week before that we would go on Wednesday and yeah, you, you think you're, you think you're all in the clear, but then like now we're going to have to start going on Saturdays and Sundays and like, it is. It's crazy enough just to find a parking spot on Saturdays yes. and Sundays, and they have massive parking lots. Oh yeah, you you go to you, the the Richmond one and stuff. Is we ridiculous. don't go to the we we'll drive somewhere else. Well, the Richmond one has a huge parking lot. Yeah, but it's still you can't find a spot there. Yeah. Wow. We'll oh. go. We'll go. I don't know. Just, we got to find a better Costco to go to. There's I've I've gone ones. to the Langley one a few. The times. Still Creek one, quietly good, quietly okay. good. All right. New bright on, on Brighton Avenue there. That's a good one too. Um, by production way that's like a pretty decent one older but it's 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 got but its, it's charm. just it's such good stuff in there you gotta you gotta brave through it because costco is just yeah. the food's all so good like anything that's made by like the kirkland i've never had like a bad thing that caught like from kirkland their brand and their like little pre-made kits or whatever foods they have never had a bad thing the kirkland there. pepperoni pizza 
quietly good. There we go. Well, let's round out the pizza talk there, and let's uh, let's hop into some Canucks. Let's talk. make that re- that person who wrote that review happy. How yeah. long did we go there? Twelve minutes and fifty five okay. seconds. Well, that's a little bit longer. Little so, longer. so, buddy, buddy who doesn't like this intro party skipped eight minutes in. And yeah, remind got people what that review said. Well, yeah, if you, it's a good Canucks talk, but you got to skip uh, eight to ten minutes through. But this time, twelve minutes. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot to talk about uh, with the Canucks finishing their home stand, their seven game home stand. They finished with a record of what two four and one. Is that how they finished? Yes, two four and one. Is how they finished. You know what was wild about this home stand? They gave up the first goal in all seven games of the homestand. They were battling back in each of the seven games on this homestand. And they still came out with a record that's not that impressive. Especially, I thought they were they were building some momentum near the end of the road trip to start the season. But now they come home. They have this the longest homestand of the season, seven games. They're not going to get another one of these. It's too bad that they're coming out of it with a 2-4-1 record. But there were some positives, at least, to take away from the overtime loss last night against the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, without John Gibson was unreal. The guy is, I mean, potentially one of the most, like you talk about an MVP being the most valuable player to their team. Gibson's not going to get any votes for the MVP in the Hart Trophy this year, but well, I'm God voting damn. this year, so we'll see. Yeah, well, I'm voting too, actually. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to vote for him for MVP. Our ballots are public, so yeah, you exactly. can't just vote. Thatcher Demko four. I mean, what Gibson the hell are five. the the Canucks combo guys? Got, Pedersen, somebody's one. got Pod Colson at fourth for MVP. <laughs> Who the hell is that? And then my freaking ballots public. No, I'm not. No, I mean, but but man, Gibson is unreal. Like we've, I think Gibson's American, right? Yes. So so the goalies for we've Team talked, USA. We're not doing this again. I'm just. I just want to quickly say Demko is going to have quite the little tough matchup to get past. Gibson for the starting role. Gibson's unreal. Can we can we go across across the continent for a second just to talk about how absolutely ridiculous it is to suggest that Jack Campbell should be Team USA's starter? Like oh. the the media Who said that the Toronto media. What people are starting to talk about it oh out my east goodness. is can Jack Campbell make it for the Team USA? Can, should he be this team starter? Yeah, Kyle Holy Dubas is going to be the second line right winger too. Yeah, yeah you know. Um, Peter Engvall, put him on the first line. Yep. You got all these guys. Okay. Listen, give him Austin Matthews. He's going to be the top. Oh, Austin Matthews. He's absolutely. Just be happy with that. You don't need to start pushing Jack. I haven't heard this at all. So I've, no, I don't look at Toronto. It's it's a legitimate thing. People are starting to talk about Jack Campbell for uh, the Hart Trophy, the Vesna. (laughs) I'm just joking about those. Well, I'm sure the conversation's been had somewhere. Well, some people think the earth is flat too. So there's (laughs) a lot of, uh, a lot of strange people out there. I was watching this TikTok. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna diverge. We have to keep talking about this. Yep. Team USA is going to be very deep at the goaltending position. Really, they have the cream of the crop, right? And here's the thing: is a lot of people want to look at it and say, "Oh, they definitively should go with this guy," or "They definitively should go with this guy." Team USA is probably going to carry three goaltenders on their roster. Those three goaltenders will be Connor Hallibuck, John Gibson, and obviously Thatcher Demko. Now. I would argue that the only person that seems obvious to us that might actually get snubbed from that roster is Thatcher Demko. And if if it was going to be a Jack Campbell that stole the show. Okay, this is no, there's no Jack Campbell going Exactly. No, I, I completely I completely okay. agree, but I'm saying if Team USA decides to go with anybody else other than Demko, it's it's Jack Campbell. There's literally nobody else that's like in right. that stratosphere. Now, Jack Campbell is not a better goalie than any of those three guys that I mentioned. He's not. Oh but Thatcher Demko is kind of the guy that a lot of people are looking at as being either the third or last guy. In my mind, he's first or second. Uh, just that's how highly I think of Thatcher Demko. Um, obviously, Connor Halibut's a great goaltender, as is John Gibson. But I think when you kind of take into consideration the defense that Thatcher Demko has to play behind, and I don't take anything away from John Gibson or Connor Halibut because those guys definitely don't play in great defensive environments either. Just thinking about it, like, man, USA's three goalies are... And to think of what Canada's going to have to have in net. Yeah. Like, wow, USA is really has like three well, of you would say, like, if you were to start an NHL franchise, you got to pick like goalies right now. I think all three of those guys are in the top five. Oh, undoubtedly. Right. Undoubtedly. Like Vasilevsky's obviously thrown in there, too. Trying to diminish too much what Carey Price is going to be able to do. Sure. With the no. And that's the thing. Like after Price, though, what what's uh, it's, it's going to be like Flurry and Carter Hart. Right. Yeah. Which like, 
you know, Flurry, cool, but Carter Hart, man, I, I don't know. What has happened to Carter Hart? Anyways, we're not doing a goalie segment here. Let's. Do you want to know what's happened no, to Carter Hart? No, I'm not. Listeners, Get your finger away from listeners, that. Listeners, if you want to know what's happened to Carter Hart and you want me to dedicate some time on this and actually dissect Carter Hart's game and what's actually happened to him, you let us know in some sort of form. DM us on Twitter. We got a big, anything uh, you want. Big goalie segment. Big goalie segment coming up uh, on the weekend show at Sportsnet this weekend. Really? I'm not going to tease it too much. Who's on? I don't even know what's going on. We got a couple goalies, it seems like, right now. So, working Ooh. on that. What? Well, I'll tell you off air. We How don't do you not spoil. tell me about this? I have no. told you this already. I told you yesterday. But, Did you? Yeah, and I told you the other one like four days ago, too. So, I've told you both of the goalies <laughs> that are coming on. Anyways, I want to talk. Get away from the net for a little bit here. Actually, yeah, we'll get away from the net well, a little bit sorry, here. Sorry. The, the one thing that I do want to say is going into this, you shouldn't be having a definitive guy that you're saying, this is our starter. There's some play, not play in, but they have like pre-tournament games or whatever. That's where the U.S. really needs to kind of figure out what they're doing. I look at what Canada did in 2010. Like Canucks fans will remember this. Martin Brodeur was pegged as the guy going. He's going to be our starter. He's going to be Captain Canada. He's going to be he's going to be the goaltender for Team Canada. Struggled in the first early goings, and then they went with Luongo and never looked back. Now. Yeah. When you have three, it's a little different. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see Thatcher Demko maybe only get one or two games at the Olympics, but I also wouldn't it's be surprised. It's going to depend on a lot of what the season does to exactly. that point, man. And I also wouldn't be surprised to see Thatcher Demko you know, start in the like silver or gold medal game. Or you the know bronze what? Or gold. It's going to be fun to have some Olympic episodes of the show. You know? Oh, absolutely. Like a couple of weeks of... Uh, I might be heading out to we, Edmonton. What are we going to get into? A little bit of figure skating maybe one week? And uh, what are some of the other winter sports? Tobog- is t- no, tobogganing is a thing that you do. <laughs> What's uh, What do they call that? The, uh, the skeleton and the skeleton. luge? Yeah. Get Bob into sled. all that. Canucks Bob combo Olympic week. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about the game last night. I... Obviously, I had one player that stuck out. I told you I didn't have the audio on. I was listening to Dan O'Connor and his uh, tremendous voice. Bill Wilms as well on the call. A couple of good guys. Got the game tonight. Got to do that tonight uh, against uh, Prince George again. Hey, by the way, Vancouver Giants, as I'm on the topic, uh, this weekend, Saturday, you can see a Vancouver Canucks prospect in Victor Pearson and the Kamloops Blazers, who are unreal. Kamloops Blazers, top five team WHL in the CHL, sorry, for the past uh, past couple of weeks. Best team in the WHL. They're going to be coming in to play the Giants. So if you're in the area, you want to get some cheap tickets out there to the LEC, Saturday night's night to do it, and you get to watch Canucks prospects. So aside from that, the one thing that I saw on the screen, even though I wasn't listening to the broadcast, was Bo Horvat all over the ice. And also, like, how many faceoffs did he not take for the Vancouver Canucks last night? You were at the game yesterday. Like, how much of an impact was it from Horvat yesterday? Was that one of his most impactful games of the year, do you think? Undoubtedly. Like, making impacts in all areas of the ice. And again, like, I think the thing, and not to sound, like, jaded or anything, but, man, I think the thing that yesterday really showed is that the Canucks don't really have anybody to take faceoffs on the penalty kill other than Horvat. And they really could use a right-handed center. And you don't even have to say penalty kill there. Like they won twenty-seven faceoffs. Bo Horvat won twenty-one exactly, of them. Exactly. Exactly. You and won. Listen to that stat. Like if you're playing fantasy hockey and you have faceoff wins and part of your fantasy hockey, Bo Horvat won twenty-one last night. Yeah. No. Exactly. And you know, there's are you know, I think up to this point of all active players, like I think Horvat is in the top of the league for face-off wins in the past, like, three years or something like Wouldn't that. Wouldn't shock me at all, no. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I that, wanted him to him and Ryan... You see Ryan O'Reilly's stick? Do you see that on uh, social media the other day? No. Something's wrong with that stick, man. It looks like uh, it's like it's a straight curve and then a little hook at the end. Really? Do you think that's just to help him win face-offs? I don't know, because I feel like it would hurt your shot. Or maybe it, it doesn't. No, I don't think so, man. Don't you remember when you were playing floor hockey in school, how you had to always curve it so you could just absolutely wire the ball? The only thing I remember about playing floor hockey in school was putting up about 14 goals a game. <laughs> I don't care what curve I had. Really? you didn't? Did you not curve the stick? You just went in? Oh, no, I did. Yeah, obviously. Well, of course you cared then. Everybody cares. I didn't, put a, I didn't put a hook at the end of it, though. That's didn't, fair. Didn't need that. That's fair. Okay. But yeah, anyways. Back to the Canucks. Horvat. What a what an impressive night for him. Plays what twenty was it twenty six minutes? Twenty six eleven. It was something ridiculous like that. Second highest of his career. I saw J Pat tweeting about it. I think it was second highest of Bo Horvat's regular season career because I mm-hmm. think he's been over that in overtime. Obviously, with some some longer overtime games, but I mean that that in the line. Like I want to talk about the line a little bit too. As as much as Garland looked like he was bringing something to that line, it's got to be Huglander. 
And I know you want to talk about Pearson a little bit because, listen, I don't see that Pearson is the best fit on that line, but there is obviously something that something's works. working. Exactly. And I, you know, I think there's potential to like, if you want to get more offense out of that line, Garland could go there instead of Pearson. That's what I'm saying. But there's something about Pearson that helps I, like ext- not only extend offensive possessions, but also really shut down other teams, offensive possessions. He does a really good job in all three zones. Before I touch on that, I do want to point out that there is no chance I'm moving Vasily Podkolzin away from Connor Garland after the way those two have been playing, namely Podkolzin. Man, the confidence, I'm sure you saw this last night, the confidence Podkolzin is showing right now to carry the puck into the zone. And you know, my to, goodness. That, to that point, there was, a, there was a play that I saw. I just looked up and I saw power play and it was pod Colson coming up from behind the net. You just like, no one was coming to get the puck from him. And then he was just like, well, I'm just going to go then, you know, yeah, like he took it. He the went. rookie on the power play who just got added there carrying the puck up ice. I mean, that's another good sign, but yeah, we'll get to pod Colson in a little bit, but first with this Horvat Pearson yes, hug, I will one. touch on that. That is as Thomas Drance of the athletic pointed out on the broadcast last night and during the intermission, legitimately in the top 10, in the league of expected goals for percentage or expected goals percentage like that. You do not change that when you have that line. And as Drance again pointed out, they've provided kind of an insulation for the lotto line to kind of get their legs under them. And, you know, in a normal year, and when I say normal, I mean any past year, the Canucks don't have that secondary scoring to kind of supplement them at five on five. if Their top line's not going. If the lotto line wasn't going two years ago, or hell, even last year, it's an absolute disaster. If you think what we're being subjected to right now is bad, imagine what it'd be like if the Canucks didn't have that line with Pearson, Horvat, and Hoaglander. Because that line has been legitimately one of the top 10 lines in the league at 5-on-5. Five five. They just do such a good job of, of winning. Yeah, to me, the big thing that they do is winning the neutral zone with that line. Like, not only stopping teams from getting into their own zone, but something about Huglander's ability to just be like, his motor always be running in the neutral zone, where it's just, you think he's lost a battle, and then his stick comes spinning around and hits the puck and creates more havoc. There's little things like that, but then having guys like Horvat and Pearson, who are both really strong sticks, when you're in the corners and you're stick battling with someone, or you're, you know, the guys pin it with their skates against the boards to try and keep possession... Horvat and Pearson are both very good at that. I've I haven't been the biggest fan of Tanner Pearson for a long time, but I've always said one thing that he looks like he does is when he's on the boards, it seriously looks like his stick is made of steel. Like I don't know what flex he has, if he even has a flex on that stick, but when he's in board battles and he's blade to blade with another guy on a puck, Pearson comes out with it a lot of the time, and that's something that you don't want to have three of those guys on your line, right? You don't want to have three Tanner Pearsons on a line. That would be a fourth line in the NHL, honestly. <laughs> but when you have Pearson's ability to, to win so many board battles and his ability to just keep plays going, he's not going to score a ton of goals. His shot can surprise you at times. I don't think he's the worst passer, but he's not the best either. He just works with a lot of letting Horvat shine, right? Like when you look at that line, there's obviously going to be opportunities for Huglander to get scoring chances, to create scoring chances, but Horvat's going to be the guy who's going to star on that line. Like the way that that line plays is a perfect representation of the player that Bo Horvat is like, and the way that it's surrounded him with a pretty skilled guy like Huglander and then a pretty hardworking player. We'll call it that with Tanner Pearson. It, this is the perfect line for Horvat and you can't really expect to say that Horvat needs better wingers anymore. And, Obviously, this is something we talked about for a long time, but these these wingers that Horvat has now are, to me, the perfect pair that you could play with Bull Horvat, and that's why him, once the lotto line gets going and this Horvat line is actually looked at as like a second scoring line, that's when the Canucks are going to get rolling. And the lotto line's starting to just pick up a few things here and there, which is great, but the excitement level for the top six right now is just coming from that Horvat line. Oh, undoubtedly. And... I think as you've been watching these games, the thing that we've really noticed is not only is Elias Pedersen starting to come around, but that lotto line as a whole is starting to come around. And they're going to boost their numbers because they haven't got off to a good start this season. But I think, and you know, we've talked about Travis Green and his line juggling and how, oh, the lotto line hasn't been given enough of a shot. That was the conversation early on. 
the only reason that they've been given this extended shot that they've been given now is because not only are they starting to slowly look better, but the Canucks aren't desperately needing something at five on five because the Horvat line is giving them that. And not only is the Horvat line giving them that, the Dickinson, Garland, and Puck Colson line is like operating at a second line rate right now. They're playing extremely well. It's it's basically given the Canucks a second second line. I think the fact that Miller has scored a couple goals now, Pedersen got a goal the other night, is all part of the equation about some pressure being taken off of them. And you mentioned yeah. it from those other two lines. I mean, listen, Dickinson hasn't been great between Garland and Pod Colson, but those mm-hmm. two guys are. Man, if you could get like I, I know I saw that in the game last night against the Ducks was Horvat sliding down to play with those guys. And Travis Green talked about this uh, in post game as well. That might be something that you have to do even more of. Like that's a really good line, a line of Horvat, Pod Colson, and Garland. The way that Pod Colson and Garland are not only playing as individuals but playing as a winger pairing. You wish you had another center that wasn't Jason Dickinson right now. And Jason Dickinson, I'm starting to think that, like, listen, he would be an excellent fourth line winger, and he would probably be a pretty decent defensive third line winger as well. But if you're trying to create offense and you need him to take faceoffs, play center, be the guy that's the lowest forward when breaking out of your own zone, I don't know if he's the guy for the job. And this was a guy that we were all very excited for. To have that third line center who obviously was a defensive minded player, but maybe had more offense to give. And I think he's been, if if I'm being honest, this, this is going to sound harsh, but I think Dickinson's been the one of the biggest letdowns for this Canucks team so far. Obviously, you want to see more from Pedersen. You want to see more from the Waddle. I think that's going to get going. But in the early stages of seeing Dickinson, not knowing that there has been a past of him having success with the Vancouver Canucks. He's been a pretty big letdown, I think, at this point in the season. He's not great on the penalty kill. He's horrible, atrocious in his own words on the in the faceoff dot. I don't know if he's a center, to be honest. I, I I would find it hard to disagree with you based on his plays so far. But until they get a center back, namely Brandon Sutter, what are they supposed to do? And that's you, the thing: you're it's not like his- moving JT Miller back to center. It's not an option. JT Miller right now is playing some of the best hockey we've seen him play in over a year. Like he, he didn't play this well last season. No, but now in in tie games, you might have to start putting Miller back at center to play with those two. It's just like no. no, I'm saying like double shifting. If you double shift Horvat and Miller to play with Garland and Pod Coles when you're losing or tied, I would do that instead of having like if you're up. Sure, keep Dickinson there. But if you're losing or you're tied and you need a goal, like Travis Green probably isn't going to do it when it's tied because he likes to... I don't mind just double-shifting Horvat. Sure, but that's a lot to ask for him every... Like, double-shift him for a couple, then maybe give him a little break to get JT Miller out there just for once, sure, right? Like sure. it, it doesn't need to be 50-50, but late in games when you need a goal, it's going to... I think this is going to be something we're going to see a lot of is just getting Horvat out there for a few more shifts. One player you talked about is Vasily Puck Colson. And before we get to break... The one thing I just want to say, because we will talk more about him. We'll talk more about the power play on the other side. But the one thing I want to say about Pod Colson is if you want to know how far Pod Colson's come in his game and how quickly he's done it, Chris, less than a month ago, we were talking about him being a healthy scratch and being benched for entire third periods after scoring goals. Yeah, and now, six weeks ago, people were talking about the AHL. Exactly. And now he's he's the guy that when the bench is shortened, he's out there. He's getting shifts. He got like three shifts in the final 10 minutes of the game when the Canucks desperately needed a goal. Kid is developing extremely well. And man, like, you know, you tip your hat to him because the progression he's had in the amount of time he's had is, you know, and you know, not to pat myself on the back too much here, but you'll remember the take that I had. I said, I, I anticipate Pod Colson's an actual top nine contributor for the Canucks that brings value to the lineup by the end of November sooner than I even thought. And I thought I was, I was a little worried about that take when I said it, I was like, well, Based on how he's playing, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Because I said that before he was healthy scratched. So, yeah. Well, yeah. it's big play pods, man. Like, he's he's scoring big goals for this team. And it's something that, you know, I've seen the good and I've seen the bad of a silly pod goals. And he's developed as a teenager into the age of 20 in the KHL. I've seen good games from him and I've seen bad games from him. And now you got to see it at the NHL. He got some of those bad games in. And I think something clicked where it was like, hey, that effort level that needs to happen in KHL games and KHL season when he has to be demanded to play more minutes and be a big part of the team, he was able to step up a lot of the time in the KHL for that. Now that he's in the NHL, he needs to do that every single game. 
And I think that's what he learned when he did get a couple of times where he had to sit out. I think he found out that his dream is to be an NHL player and be a, a strong NHL player, right? I mean, there's there's rumors now coming out of some of those Russian papers that I follow about Pod Colson potentially being on Team Russia. As you know, he's on the he's on yeah, the opening roster. The like something like sixty two players or something are on this roster, but he's on that. And now people are actually saying like maybe he is the type of guy that you want to be on your fourth line and and killing penalties for Russia. Like he's proven that this season that when he is on and he's been on for the last little bit. That's the thing. It's like that's what we were talking about two weeks ago. It's like there's times where you just want more level, more effort level from Pod Colson. And I said it on the Sportsnet show was like he needs to get punched in the face. I meant it like metaphorically. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Metaphorically is what I was trying to say, but also like he did start to get pushed around a little bit and he's a guy who probably doesn't like getting pushed around, you know, finishing every check on this homestand. It seems and, like. and that's what you're really liking about pod Coles. And it's like, he is such a different player for a rookie that's come in. And to me, like it's, he's, he's got a lot of similarities to what Niels Huglander does, but he's a different player than Niels Huglander. But when, Pod Colson's out there giving it his full effort and skating on every shift. He's a massively impactful player. And the thing that I've just loved from Pod Colson since since watching him for, you know, since the Vancouver Canucks drafted him, since bo- before the Canucks drafted him, was his willingness to just put his head down, lean on a guy and go to the net. And I know he didn't do that a ton in the Anaheim game, but throughout the homestand, that's something that I've just seen consistently from him is the just going to the damn net, like going to the net hard. And that's going to create opportunities. No matter what type of player you are, no matter who you're playing with, if you go to the net hard, good things are going to happen. And Pod Colson's starting to learn that right now. And obviously, I've been I've been excited because this is a guy that I followed for a long time. But it it's not like it's shocking me that he's doing this, but it's shocking me that he's showing this level of confidence this early. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you compare what. His confidence level kind of looked like last uh, last month. So yeah. we'll talk more about him. We'll talk about the penalty kill. And we got a bunch of other topics to get into, including our poll question. We'll get to that and much more on the other side of the break. Keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. Winter is quickly approaching, but wait. That means your favorite seasonal brew is back to cheer you up. The Tukes of Hazard is now available across British Columbia and Alberta in their government and private liquor stores. This extra strong brew has a whopping 9.2% alcohol, big hop punch, even bigger body and aroma, and just a touch of white haze. The Parallel 49 fan favorite is smoother than a freshly cleaned ice rink. Muddlers. Muddlers Pink Lemonade. We are so excited to tell you guys about Muddler's Pink Lemonade, my drink of choice. You guys have all seen it by now. Faber and I went out drinking. That was my uh, drink of choice first night. I think that the catchphrase for this ad has to be, it's the only alcohol that Quads likes. Absolutely. It's so good. It's absolutely the best pink lemonade on the market by far. A lot of these other drinks are just a little too sweet for me. Like, I I don't really like that. And this is like a nice mix because I also don't like when it tastes too much like alcohol. But this is like... The, the perfect balance. There's a reason that it was the drink I got when we went to the Parallel Street Kitchen as well. It, absolutely, man. It is the sweet spot for quads in the alcoholic beverage realm. You can find it, like you said, at Parallel 49 Street Kitchen and in a ton of liquor stores. All the BC liquor stores have it. It's the bright pink cans, Muddler's Pink Lemonade. Go out and try it today. All right. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Right now... I want to talk a little bit about the penalty kill, Chris, because it is struggling. League worst penalty kill for the Vancouver Canucks. And it's hard to sit here and say exactly what's wrong with them because I think there's a lot wrong with them. And it's similar to the power play. And before we get to the penalty kill, I just want to touch a little bit on the power play and just how the past two games, since that morning meeting, which I really want to get into a little more, in some sort of article, some sort of investigative article is what actually was said in that meeting because Bo talked about there being video and how once they all looked at it on video, how that really helped them all out. And they were like, whoa, like this is what we had to do to be successful. And then you come out and see them again, lots of movement, lots of rotations, right? Like Elias Pedersen scored that goal against Dallas from the top of the umbrella. Is that the first time? Elias Pedersen's been at the top of the umbrella on the power play this season. Yeah, it's the first time they've rotated like a decent amount there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, like 
even last night against Anaheim, Chris, John Gibson, completely shocked by a JT Miller shot, hit the post. Like, you don't just beat John Gibson like that when, you know, he's somewhat expecting a shot. For him to not be expecting the shot at all to the point where Miller hits the post on that, like, getting shots through, and, you know, again, not to give any sort of credit to the fans that are yelling, shoot, when there's three players in a passing lane and then are upset when the shot gets blocked, but just ripping the puck and not looking for your perfect look, like, good things happen when you shoot the puck. And, oh, my goodness, I... Again, not to rag on the guy too much, but I am so happy to see Alex Chason's just off the power play and out of the lineup. I was so sick of Chason at like the two game mark, and it's finally over. Yeah, I'm I'm happy about it too, and I mean it, it's even just going to improve once Tyler Mott gets in here. I'm wondering. I don't think Justin Bailey's going to be on this team for much longer. The way he's getting ice time, as much as I like the the little pop from him. Uh, I think once Mott comes back, it's going to change anything. But to the power play, to your point, a guy that isn't really getting a lot of credit for because he's not putting up the points, but the players are talking about him, and it's Brock Besser being a net front presence. And look at the difference between when you have a net front presence guy who can help with the cycle, but also can be a shooting option when he rotates. Because with Chase on, he's not going to help the cycle. He's not going to rotate and become a shooter. And something that JT Miller and Elias Pettersson talked about uh, the Friday after the Friday before their power play really got going was that they wanted everybody to be shooters. That's what yeah. that's what Pedersen said. Everybody on the power play should be a shooter and should be confident in their shots. And that's what the rotation is kind of showcasing a little bit is that really all five guys on that unit. You're pretty confident if they're getting a clear shot and especially a screenshot. JT Miller has given a lot of props to Brock Besser, who I think has done an incredible job of being the net front presence like not even the things that I just talked about, but being like a strict get in front of the goalie's vision. Brock Besser's doing a pretty damn good job of that. And I think that's something that not a lot of people expected. And not a lot of people are talking about that because we're seeing all the rotations now with Pedersen moving around, JT Miller getting around so he can get more shots. Quinn Hughes even hopping on the half walls. But I've really liked Brock Besser moving into that net front presence. And it reminds me a little bit of when Tyler Toffoli was on the power play for the Vancouver Canucks at the end of the 29-20 season, 2019-20 season, because it's another passing option who can also bounce out to a different spot with a different type of rotation and create more shooting lanes for the power play. So I I think that there's steps in the right direction for the power play. Um, and this road trip will be another big test of that because Green talked about this in the post game as well against Anaheim was that you know, looking at their season so far, if the special teams is going like everybody expects, if the penalty kill isn't the worst in the league, if the power play is living up to the expectations that everybody has for it because of the skill that they have on both units, this team is a lot better. The team, the record would be so much better if the power play and penalty kill weren't near the bottom of the league in both. So once they get that figured out, and I think it's something that they can get figured out, and it's something that they're starting to figure out, at least the power play. The penalty kill is still tire fire. There's a lot to go on the penalty kill. There's going to have to be some real changes, and I hope Mott can boost it. And everyone's like, I I hear a lot of other people that create content saying, like, Mott's not going to change everything, but he's going to change something. He's going to change the worst part of this team. He is, the you know, the best player at the worst thing that's happening on the Canucks team is coming back. It's going to make matters and everyone's like, it's not going to, and and it isn't, it's not going to completely shift what's happening on the penalty kill and not immediately going to start killing 90% of uh, penalties off, but God damn, he's going to make a difference. He's going to help them quite a bit. So I, I'm excited to get Mott back in the lineup here. And I think not only what he's going to do on the PK, but what he does to the bottom six, that's a player you want. Every NHL team would like a Tyler Mott in their bottom six. So, and another big guy, addition. another guy who the Canucks really need back and not a lot of people talking about him, Brandon Sutter. Like, how badly does this team need a right-handed center? And you see him up in the press box now, too. What's he doing up in the press box? Starting to feel better, um, which is absolutely great to hear. And again, like, you know, Jeff Patterson of Sakaris and Price was talking to Sutter. And, you know, he's feeling better and, you know, just kind of struggling with the long-haul symptoms of his COVID bout, right? And, you know, you just feel for him, really, because, you know, a guy who wasn't really... Loved by fans, I think is safe to say, during his time with the Canucks. And then he resigns on a contract that actually more matches his output. Yeah. Like, fans are going to love this guy when he gets back. And fans should be wanting him back right now. Like, 
you know, put aside what he was making before because I know it was an astronomical number for what he was giving you. But right now, like the Canucks really do need Brandon Sutter back in their lineup. And again, he's not only going to help the penalty kill, but he's really going to shore up that fourth line because if he comes back, all of a sudden you you have the option of moving Dickinson or Lamico to the wing. And with what we've said about Dickinson, it's probably Dickinson that you're wanting to move to the wing there. And then yeah. are you having a third line center of Brandon Sutter? I think there's an option there. You you really just you're so uncertain, right? Because Dickinson's knows. on your fourth line now, right? If, if that's the case, because you're not moving Garland just, or Pod Colson. So Pod Colson, Sutter, Garland. That's your third line. Maybe you don't know what Sutter is going to be able to do on the ice no, right now. You don't. And for him to come in this late, anyways, not like put away the symptoms yeah, that he's totally. going through. Just coming in late and getting to the field things, I wouldn't put him. Yeah, he hasn't even been on the ice center. yet. So yeah, yeah, but. Um, as we're touching on the penalty kill, why don't we get to the poll question a little bit as we kind of sure. close out the penalty kill here. Personnel is it's not a question on the power play, but I wonder if it is on the penalty kill, and that's what our poll question is. Poll question for episode two twelve brought to you by Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia. You can find them on Twitter at Fuel the Fan. By the way, the uh the owner of Fuel the Fan sent me a message the other day because I uh posted a picture of uh, a little roast beef. Uh, or no, pastrami bagel that I made myself, which was excellent. Nice little, eagle. little pastrami bagel that I made. And he said, you got to go out to this spot right beside Abbotsford. And we actually, it's a funny thing. We talked about Marty Brodeur earlier. It's called Brodeur's out in Abbotsford there. A little shout out to them. I saw the menu. I haven't tried the food yet, but I saw the menu and the pictures of the food. Oh, it looks good. I didn't get a chance to make it out there the other day because I was just so busy when I was out in Abbotsford. But next time I got a little bit of time. Maybe Sunday when I go to the game in Abbotsford, I might show up a little early. Pick up one of their sandwiches out there. Brodeur's out in Abbotsford. Heard good things about it. And uh, another little shout-out since we're talking bagels. Good Kid Coffee over there, too. They are, are giving free bagels to the Abbotsford Canucks out there. My tweet made it happen. Trent Cole was all happy about it. They don't have to get uh, Tim Horton's bagels for shutouts anymore. Wow. They got a, a bagel... The guys at Good Kid Coffee out there. Shout-out to them. The way you say uh, bagel is going to make me lose my mind. Bagel. Bagel. What am I saying? Bagel. You're like saying bagel. No, I'm just saying bagel. No, bagel. That's what I'm saying. Okay, bagel. We're going to have to listen back. It sounds weird. I don't like what it. What am I? I'm not saying bagel. You're close to it. Bagel. You're closer to bagel than you are bagel. I don't think so. Anyways, shut up, feel the fan. Check them out on Twitter uh, for all your sports memorabilia needs. Our poll question. <laughs> that was a really long, long-winded long explanation to get listen, to our man, poll question. Just let me, let me get through this damn thing. This is why I don't do the reads off the top. I always get off topic off <laughs> yeah. the top of the reads. Um, should Vasily Podkolzin be killing penalties? That's our question here. Poll question. Quick early results because, yeah, we threw it up during the break, whatever. Uh, 74% of people saying yes. 18% of people saying no. And the angry crowd, they're not out yet. Only 8% of them saying I'm angry. Mm. So for you, I like, listen, when I, when we talked about this in the off season, about Vasily Podkolzin, I thought he was going to be killing penalties before he's on the power play. Cause that's something that like, he's just always done it. He's always been a penalty killer. Like Russia in the world juniors was using him as the center on five on threes against them. This is a guy who kills penalties. It, his game just fits it. I, I know that Travis green doesn't trust young guys kill penalties. Cause to him, it's a learned skill, but it's almost like, entry-level jobs that require like a, a master's degree, <laughs> right? Like, listen, if this is an entry-level job to get on the special teams on the penalty kill. Like, or it's a job. It's an entry-level job. It's like 10 years of experience required. Yeah. It's like, l- listen, man, this isn't, we're not talking about becoming a doctor. We're talking about being a penalty killer here. Just give the guy a shot. He plays good, good defensively. He's a guy who blocks a ton of shots. Like yeah. he led, led a sky in, in shot blocks last year in the KHL. Just why, why isn't he, why is he just going out there and killing penalties for Travis Green? He's out there working in practice. He's a guy that just has to be a coach's dream from everything that we've heard. Igor Larionov has just praised this kid for how he wants to just improve his game and do more for the team. I would expect Vasily Podkolzin to get on the penalty kill. I don't know when it's going to happen, but when things are going this bad, and they listen, they killed off three out of four the other night, which was That's literally dub. 75% is a step in the right direction, <laughs> which is crazy. But... When it's going, to, if it's going to continue to struggle, you got to start to maybe think about going in that direction with Vasily Podkolzin. Who, listen, man, and I've been—I sent out this tweet and people were really mad at me for it. But like, Vasily Podkolzin is a shot block machine because Vasily Podkolzin doesn't get injured. 
people are saying I was jinxing him with it. And then he took that, that hit with his like knee and ankle bent all twisted oh, on yeah, that dirty yeah, hit. Yeah. Listen, dude, Vasily Plotkoles, and I don't know what he's made out of, but it's not human. He does not get hurt. I've seen him in the only time I saw him Remember get when injured. He got nailed in the head, like that that blindside hit. He that- was he got knocked out in the KHL, like knocked out cold, and he skated off the ice. Like he was knocked out cold and he skated off the ice. He was out for the rest of the game. That's the only time I've seen him get injured. He's back in the next game. Yeah, like, yeah he's, he's literally a minor knocked concussion. out cold on a horrible hit where there was like the shoulder right to the head, yeah. knocked him out cold. And he skates off the ice like it was the guy, the kid just doesn't get it. And that's Russian machine. Never that's breaks. just one of them. Like how many times I've seen him just block a shot like and then just like scream at the top of his lungs. This is in the cage. I like block a shot on the penalty kill and just scream and like struggle to the bench. And then next shift, he's right back out there. He's fine. Like, I don't know what's happening. Is it Deadpool's the uh, the superhero or is everything just heals? It's I like that was Wolverine. Well, he, yeah, same with him, but I've seen Deadpool. Deadpool's the same kind of deal, isn't he? Is What's he? Deadpool's superpower? I don't know. I think he, it's, that's it. Cause I see- witty humor. Okay, well, I don't, I don't know. You have the Deadpool water uh, little shake. What do you call it? Your baby bottle? Yeah, or? I, got, I got it for a birthday present. Shout out to my friend Mateo. Bought oh. it for me for my birthday. So you don't know? You haven't even seen a Deadpool movie? No, I've seen both of them. I just How do you not really know remember. what his superpower is then? I don't know. He has a weird face. Like I'm, It's all coming what? back to me slowly. Remember, he gets his face like messed up. I thought he can like... Ryan Reynolds. Isn't he? He's Wolverine's brother, right? Or cousin? What? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's not. I don't know a lot about superheroes, but I'm pretty sure he is. And I think that's why they have a similar, similar trait. Yeah, I know Wolverine's the same way, but I'm pretty sure that's, a, I'm pretty sure Deadpool is the same thing. He's allowed, he can, uh, yeah, like that's, well, anyways, what I'm saying is that, that's what Vasily Pod Colson is, man. He goes to the bench and he just like, whatever it is, heals in the spot. The, the kid is just a Russian machine. It's, yeah, I, I think he's got to get out there and start killing penalties for them anyways. But have you done your research here? Yeah, they're both part of the Weapon X program to make enhanced soldiers. So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know, Chris. I, I don't I don't I don't know enough about comic books to to get into this right now. As for Pod Colson, I think it might just be a similar case to Bo Horvat. Watch, we're just naming these guys. They're both going to get hurt. Knock on wood. Yeah, um, well. Yeah. But, but well, again, like, no. Bo Horvat, again, is just a guy who, you know, fights through a lot and, uh, you know, doesn't go down very easy. And neither does Pod Colson. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's just time for him to get out there and kill some penalties. I don't think it'll happen anytime soon, but I am a little more surprised to see I him getting I think he should time. as well. Yeah. I think he will as well. That's what the poll question looks like. Hey. Let's get to uh, the transaction that happened today as well. I, I t- what did I tell you? Well, I've been telling you this for two weeks. This was going to happen because I knew exactly the situation is happening here with the Abbotsford Canucks playing home games. Boots on the ground. Chris Faber at the Abbotsford only guy Center. with the only guy. The him only, and the Sedins. Me, me, the Sedins, uh, the social media guy, and uh, the PR guy. That's, and those those damn Sedins. They're not reporting anything. No, they're not giving us anything. But apparently, <laughs> uh, no. I actually had a conversation like off-air conversation did some interviews and was cho- talking with G Giuseppe for a little bit after uh talking with the PR guys after and talking with uh, Rathbone a little bit after and they were just saying like how incredible it is to have the Sedins out there and how nice these guys are like yeah. how how just genuinely nice they are to everyone and it's not about the Sedins being like hey listen this is what I did on the power blues what I do it's just things like hey like how is talking to the young kids like what's your living like like are you comfortable with all your living the things that I've been saying that like Listen, I don't think I don't want to like call the Canucks, but like I don't think the Canucks have done a great job. They have Chris Higgins, they have Ryan Johnson, but I don't think they've done a great job of like really supporting their prospects overseas, things yep. that they need. I know that you can't do much with college players and you can't do much with CHL players, but the guys overseas I don't think have been supported in a way that like Aiden McDonough just got a skating coach. That's that that should raise a few red flags. Literally the the part of his game that needed work the most. He just got a skating coach this summer, and, and a like really you good said, one they too. can't do too much with NCAA players, but still, you could definitely make recommendations. Yeah, um, and maybe they. Well, do. maybe you can. I don't know the rules to NCAA player, but hey, NCAA players now they can get. Uh, you know, Aiden McDonough. I don't think he has a sponsor deal yet, but all you know, like uh, athletes in the NCAA, they can get uh, sponsors with people now too. Yeah, yeah, it's nice they finally you know, change on. So I got some more stuff about McDonough a little bit later, but. Hamnick gets sent down to the AHL. Jack Rathbone gets called up. Jack Rathbone's going to get into some games here on the road as the Canucks are about to head out on a three-game road trip. Colorado, Vegas, and Anaheim, I believe, is the three-game road trip here coming up. 
About time because, listen, Kyle Burrows, love him. Good dude. Good dude on the ice, and he plays good with Jack Rathbone. I think he's going to be playing with Jack Rathbone for this three-game road trip because, to me, Brad Hunt hasn't done enough to stay in the NHL consistently as much as Jack Rathbone did, and Rathbone's the guy who got sent down to the AHL because of the easy two-way contract that he still is on. But Rathbone's got to get right back in the lineup, man. He's got to be playing uh, tomorrow in, in Colorado to me. Oh, he will be. Absolutely. They don't really have anybody else is the main reason. Right, because on top of that, Luke Shen looks like it could Injured be at weeks. least a week. Could be yeah. two. Uh, so he's on IR as well. They only have... I found it kind of interesting. There's only seven defensemen, right? Like, if you're putting Rathbone in, Hunt would be the extra. Yeah. I was kind of surprised to see that they didn't also, and maybe it's still coming, but a Madison Bowie, Noah Juleson, you know, Ashton Sautner maybe, like, call up one of these guys because they like to run with eight defensemen. But I guess this helps insert uh, Tyler Mott back into the lineup. But it's strange to go on a three-game road trip with seven defensemen in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It is going to be Mott that goes back in the lineup. And that means that they don't really have to send down a Justin Bailey. But like Justin Dowling's still there. And you know, I kind of wanted to ask you about Justin Dowling because he played center at the start of the year. Do you remember this in the preseason, the start yep. of the season? He was playing center. Do you move him to the center position and try and see what you can see what you can do with like Dickinson. Cause I don't really think it's an option because not only do I think the Canucks don't like Dowling that much at center. Who's your third line center. Are you, are you putting Lamico there? Cause Lamico can't play between Garland and Bud Colson. Like wh- what's the option. I wouldn't here? be surprised to see Dowling play center between them. If that's, if you're looking at the fourth line and the fourth line, when Tyler Mott comes back is Mott Lamico Dickinson. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst idea to get Dowling in there to give him at least a game to see what he looks like between two players that are going. Like Dowling, I thought Dowling was pretty good in the early parts of the season. Like more, not like a great, hot, great NHLer, but good for what my expectations were for him for sure. And yeah, I don't know if he's a center, but he's been able to play center a little bit. And hey, man, Jason Dickinson's not a center. He's playing center right now, so... I don't think it's the worst idea to give it a shot because that line that line really has potential with the wingers that are on it. And Dickinson's just something's not working for them right now. And you know what? Dickinson is a, like he's well aware of it, man. Like he knows that things aren't going his way. He he wants to be more of an offensive player. He's he's a guy that like one of the best guys for media right now, I think, is Jason Dickinson. Like he's mm-hmm. he's very honest about things and you hope the guy can figure it out, but you know, said he struggled to sleep after that mm-hmm. game that he played, right? Like where the penalty kill was the difference and not in a good way. So if the guy cares, you can't fault him for not caring. No, absolutely. I've, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with, the, with that whole third line. But if they can get those wingers a center that's consistently going to be able to help that line instead of, honestly, right now, probably hurt it with Dickinson. I think that they uh, they would gain a lot having that top nine start running. The way that the Horvat line's going... You hope that the lotto line can start to get back. The way that Garland and Puck Olsen are going. And that's the thing. If that's your third line and that's how hot they're running and how good they're playing. For a second, can we just talk? Like, Garland is so fun, man. Like Garland's so good. Garland's like, this is a guy they locked up for five years. Hell yes. Amazing contract. At 25 years old, you got him locked up until he's 30 and he's doing this on a nightly basis where he just comes in and just shakes. It's, It's like everyone's making the joke about it that it's like, you know, he can't skate in a straight line and he's always just like bounce back and forth. That's literally what he does. It's like he hey, gets spinning. the puck in the offensive zone and he just starts shaking and shaking around until he like gains a step on the guy. And yeah, I love it. Dickinson's a lot of fun to watch, man. Or, sorry, Dickinson's <laughs> not. Garland is. Look at the defensive prowess. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Like Connor Garland, man, what, what can you say? I mean, has been definitely... I think the biggest pleasant surprise for Canucks fans this yep. year, because I think everybody knew he was good. Like, I think the media did a pretty good job of, you know, saying this is a legitimate top six winger that the Canucks got here. But I don't think people expect him to be this good, like no. operating a point per game pace. I don't, I don't and, think people And just that. changing the pace of play to his level every time he's on the ice has just been incredible. And on top of that, since we talked about with the trade, it's nice to not be ripping into Oliver Ekman Larson at this point in the season. He's been fine too. He's been good. It's it's just it's not even like his game's impressing everyone, but everyone I think is impressed 
with how we're not talking so much crap about Oliver Ekman Larson. And Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers has been great. Okay, this year. Con- yeah, I know you freaking Tyler Myers stuff. All right. And Tucker Pullman, quite the opposite. Yeah, Again, going down. Drance quick. pointed this out on the intermission. Pullman's ice time is going down. Well, did you memorize Drance's intermission hit or yeah, what? He did a great job. I usually don't watch the intermission. Uh, the intermissions because I'm at the games. I wasn't at the game last night. Oh, I thought you were. No, at the I had game. to watch it from home. Had something come up. Um, hmm. so I was I was watching from home, and I don't usually get to watch the intermission stuff. But uh, yeah, like Pullman's ice time is going down, and rightfully so. Like I think there was kind of a not a smoke screen, but also a smoke screen a little bit hmm. that Pullman was playing great to start the year because he was playing with Quinn Hughes. Pullman can't really complete a pass. You know why? He's going to have to play with Hughes on this road trip, too. Like Absolutely. That and then, Ty- well, to give your boy Tyler Myers a shout, too. Like, they are playing a lot of Queen Hughes with Tyler Myers. Exactly. And that's what, I, that's what I'm saying here is, you know, it's not, it's not like they want to play Tyler Myers for, like, almost half an hour a night. They're kind of forced to because Pullman is not as good as people were saying at the start yeah. of the year. Like, people were like, oh, man, see, Pullman, Pullman's great. Those charts know nothing. And, you know, I'm all for watching the games yourself, but people. What have you seen from Tucker Pullman that you just absolutely love? I I think the only thing that's good about Pullman is he's he's calm. He's very calm at all times. Nothing flusters Pullman that much. Well, offensive like, listen, pressure does. Yeah, it does. Well, I wouldn't say that. I Breaking just think out of he, the zone? That's. I don't think that that's coming from being like... Calmly giving the puck away. If you're doing it calmly, that doesn't saying. matter. He you're does give away do, the puck, yeah. but he does it calmly sometimes. Like, <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't get flustered. The one thing I will say about Pullman... That block he had, the no look block with his glove, that was amazing. That was good stuff, but that you know what? Amazing. To quickly Tyler Myers before we get to your favorite segment ever, Tyler Myers, like leading the Canucks in a lot of leading defensemen in ice time, leading the whole team in ice time a lot of the times without any power play time. Yeah, this is what this is. If you were to make a change to a player, making him from an offensive into a defensive player, Tyler Myers is a long way away from being a defensive stalwart. But I'll tell you what, the fact that he's being relied on to kill penalties at a high number of minutes, five on five at a high number of minutes. I hate, I don't hate to say it because I obviously want success for him, but because you love him so much, it is good to see Tyler Myers playing this well and fitting in so nicely with OEO. Jeez, it's almost like he's actually a good NHL defenseman. He's a good NHL defenseman. He's still a negative value contract. He's not worth $6 million. His contract's still too long. Everything, all the stuff that I he's always He's still say. better than Troy Stetcher. Negative value contract. Still Troy Stetcher is not a negative value contract. That's fine. But if you have both of them at $2 million, who are you taking? I'm taking Tyler Myers. But exactly. Tyler Myers is making three and a half times as much as I get it. I, I understand. I'm just saying in a vacuum. He's that a one's better, on he's Jim. A better defenseman. That one's on Jim. I'll have to say there. Yeah. All right. Hit the button. Let's get to this goalie talk. Oh yeah, he, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have done that public knowledge. That's uh, that's a big no no. I don't know. No, I, I can't really give the time and date, or else I feel like Nona's shoe will be flying across <laughs> North America. We're right hit me in the head. I think we spent half an hour talking about a backup goaltender. All right, get out of here, Woodley. All right. Favor's gonna be. Favor's yeah. going to be very pissed. You know, I don't like to say bad things about goaltenders. All right, so you called for the button. What do you want to talk about? Well, I just I, I look at Halak, and I've always been worried about Halak, but I, I just want to say he's been pretty good. Yeah, you know? he's been fine. He's been pretty... He doesn't look like Thatcher Demko when he's making <laughs> saves, you know? Like, you know, like it's, I'm just saying, like, there's a confidence with Demko in that. I, I still don't have that with Halak, but... Gee, poor, I wonder why. Poor dude's only had four goals of run support, I guess is what I would call it, mm-hmm. uh, in three games. I just think he's been holding up pretty good. For for He's been fine, yeah. For what I, I had low expectations. <laughs> and, Likewise. And he's been pretty good. But DiPietro is the one that I was going to talk about because I talked with DiPietro on, uh, on Tuesday. And we talked about, listen, he's not playing the 50 games the year that RJ promised him, Ryan Johnson and Jim. didn't promise him, but told us. Were said very publicly. Same with Jim. Yeah, and Jim as well, saying how many games. And, and DPS was not worried about it because right now you look at the AHL season, it's you play on a weekend, the whole week off. Play on the weekend, whole week off. It's going to start cranking up here pretty soon. That's what Mikey was kind of talking about was like, it's tough because when you play, when you only play on Friday and Saturday, and then you have Sunday to Thursday off, it's hard to play back-to-back games, right? Like it is. It's 
no matter who you are, it's hard to play back-to-back games. When you start to get these midweek games, I think that's where we're going to start to see DiPietro a little bit more. But it is a little questionable to see Spencer Martin get into some action. And I have to believe that, like, it's weird because DiPietro backed up. So it's not like he was hurt. But that has to be the reason to me why he didn't start that game a couple weeks ago on a back-to-back where Seelove's got the first star. Why did Spencer Martin get the game? Because Trent Call wants to get all three of his goalies into action. But I'm sorry, like, as a developmental team in what the AHL is, you got to start to get DiPietro more games. So that's all I want to say about DiPietro here. Quick little prospects before we get out of here. Jacob Truscott, going to chat with him uh, at the end of the week here. Michigan kid who's been ripping it up, and that team's been a lot of fun to follow. So I'm excited to chat with Truscott, just see how everything's going with him. Uh, we'll have some some content coming up from that uh, later in the week. What else did I write down on here? Oh, that's uh, that says prospects. So there's nothing. Oh, McDonough, eight goals, 11 games. Kids just ripping it up. Talk to Jack about it. Uh, and he was jacked up for his buddy. Jack Rathbone has to wear uh, Northeastern clothes all week. Saw that. Down in Abbotsford. I don't know if he's going to still be rocking the Northeastern colors uh, now that he's back up to the NHL. But he lost a bet with uh, John Stevens, former Northeastern uh, player. Another one down on the NHL. So, yeah. Uh, just McDonough, the way that he's been playing. It's been incredible. I talk about it every week. He still keeps scoring goals. So, good stuff from them. Uh, that's all I got for the prospects report quads. I'm, I'm good to go now. I got to go to work. Fantastic. This is a fun episode, Chris. It was as, a good episode. As always. Also, let the record show you called for the goalie button and did most of the talking during the goalie segment. Okay, let's... Closet just, goalie fan, Chris Faber. I'm not I'm a closet you. goalie fan. Closet I'm not goalie a freaking closet, closet goalie. Closet goalie guy, Chris Faber. For I Chris just had, I just talked to Mikey. Mikey's a good guy to talk to. Listen, if Absolutely. anybody's going to make me not hate goalies, it's Mikey DiPietro. Fair enough. We talked about his mustache. Great mustache. Not going on any dates, uh, he said this month. Ah, but whatever. heard he has. Maybe maybe gone on a couple dates earlier in the week when John Stevens was joking around because he's his roommate. Oh boy, good for, good for Mikey. Yeah, Mikey. He, all he's and then when he when John came on and said that Mikey's like, listen, I'm just trying to get out and meet some people in Abbotsford. Okay, I'm just meeting people in yeah, Abbotsford. No, absolutely. All all the power to him. Good job for uh, Mikey. And he said he's not. He's a good looking kid. You know, he's a poor guy. He said it in the in the interview. I asked him and he said, listen, I'm not good looking as it is. Mikey, you're good looking. He's a good looking guy. Dark, dark-haired Italian, as you call him, the dark Italian, somewhat racist, I believe. Still believe that's somewhat racist, but I'm not sure yet. I almost said it to him, and then I was like, Ugh, I still think it's a little. Better racist. not call him a dark-haired Italian, no. But yeah. you can tell he's from the south. Mustache. He told me the mustache wasn't good. I thought the mustache was coming in pretty good. I like I for like a the couple mustache. of days of work. Yeah. Jeez, you weren't joking with these dark-haired Italians. Yeah. Pretty, pretty solid. Pretty solid. All right. For Closet Goalie fan Chris Faber, my name is David Quigley. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation Delivered by DoorDash Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?